Hi, I'm Rebecca Pete, And I'm Rebecca Cochran. And, and welcome, welcome to Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Sin and idols. Please stay. Um, <laughs> but first, before we get into it, I did want to remind everybody, if you've not uh, seen our show notes or heard us talking about this previously, we are doing a live show and it's in the Atlanta area. So if you're local to Atlanta and you like our podcast and you want to come, we would love to have you. It's going to be April 30th yeah. and we'll release more details. We'll do yeah. like an invite later, but um, mark your calendar, April 30th, April 30th, live show. At least come and watch us, you know, be make idiots. <laughs> make <laughs> ourselves. Um, We're going to have giveaways and fun things happening too. But if yes. you want a preview, Rebecca Pete is going to be in her element and I'm going to be like, curled up like I don't want to talk Rebecca should just talk because I don't want to talk in front of people and I say that and then like five people are going to come so please come so that I'm embarrassed and <laughs> you'll be embarrassed if it's only five people that's true <laughs> <laughs> but we do have really good so we have if if that does not entice you to come and like you know do that we have to watch you cringe to watch me cringe um and make small talk um which is not personal I just don't like small talk we are giving away books so we're giving away books from past podcast guests that are going to be really good. We're having a panel yes. discussion. Um, a lot of our previous guests who are in the Atlanta area will hopefully come. So if you've ever like heard someone on our podcast and like wanted to ask them a question or just talk to them, you will have that opportunity. Um, my dear friend Leah from Hide and Cheek ATL is making a bunch of her like super cute leather earrings to give away. So yes. there's going to be a lot of like fun giveaways and stuff and a lot yeah. of alcohol. Yeah. We're thinking yeah. signature cocktails. Yes. But we kind of like the same thing. So we're going to... Well, gin and tonic is like my signature cocktail. Mm. Well, then maybe we just have gin and tonic. What but people like? don't like gin. I I, like, I, gin. I like bourbon too a lot. So maybe like, we should have one bourbon and one gin. But those are kind of polarizing liquors. You well, know? Like people... Well, we're polarizing. <laughs> <laughs> we're really not. <laughs> but we'll, we'll have something for you to imbibe. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Maybe we should have beer just in case. Maybe beer. I know. But then some people don't drink beer because that was gluten. So I don't know. Um, now no one's going to come. <laughs> so like you made fun of my gluten allergy. <laughs> I'm not going to make fun of your gluten allergy. Um, <laughs> anyways, live show. <laughs> live show April 30th. We're so good at promoting. Oh, I know. We're very good at it. I'm like, please come so I can be an a-hole to you. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not. This is not who I am. I'm very nice. You are very nice. Um, and I would really love to see everyone there. So yeah, please come. Be okay. Fun. Now okay. we're going to um, be normal and we're going to talk about what we're Sex, calling. baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't I still can't get salt and pepper out of my head like I've been like listening to them on Spotify because thinking maybe if I listen to it then it will get out of my head there are worse 90s bands to have stuck in your head <sighs> are you sure I could have said come m'lady come Don't. come m'lady <laughs> you're my butterfly sugar baby <laughs> okay what's us turn back to oh. I don't know. Were they a one-hit wonder? Yes. I, like I know the guy's name was Shifty Shellshock. I don't know why I know that. <laughs> I, do I don't that know. That's that. how my brain is. My brain is weird. I'm really good at trivia. You should always have me on your trivia team because I remember random crap like that, but I Unless can't remember. It's trivia. Yeah. And then, well, I just, I tuned that out because between uh, Crazy Town, Crazy Town, that guy is 45 now. Um, hey, watch it. Crazy Town is the band. Uh, I, I tune out politics because... A, I'm the withdrawing stance, and I get very annoyed when everyone's talking about something I'm not interested in. B, I'm married to Chris Cochran, who is a poli-sci major. And C, 
I hang out with you a whole lot and you love to talk about politics and I'm just, I know you just delete my boxes. I don't, I, but I told you earlier, she boxed me this long thing about taxes and tax policy. And I literally was driving and I was like, okay, Rebecca, pay attention. You have to listen. Cause I, I just, I, in my head, I was just like, what online shopping could I do? Just so you know, when you talk about feelings, sometimes I have this is love. <laughs> you choose to love me and my feelings, and I choose to love you in politics. Oh, good. I'm so glad. <laughs> so glad that I'm helping you become a better citizen. And you're having feelings now. You're welcome. <laughs> that probably makes me a better citizen, too. <laughs> so, Anyways, speaking of politics, American Idols, yes. American Idols, we have sort of labeled yes. from our observations yes. as relationships, like yes. merit, like romantic relationships, well, just romance, not just merit, yeah. yeah. romance. Uh, parenting. Yes. And politics. Yes. And why have we labeled those American idols? Well, I mean, I don't think, I don't think that that means that other people in the world don't have marriage as an idol or relationships as an idol or parenting as an idol or politics as an idol. I, there's other countries that could say that, but I feel like those are the way that they are idolized is uniquely American. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, lots of parts of the world, they, just don't have time to idolize those kind of things. We we tend to have idle time on our hands. <laughs> <laughs> so we're able to like, we're able to have time to idolize these things. But I mean, I think that, I don't think this is just like an American thing. I think the American church, like the American evangelical church has idolized, has put um, finding the right mate that mm-hmm. God has for you. Mm-hmm. On a pedestal, they have put becoming the parent God wants you to be mm-hmm. on a pedestal. They have put um, this idea that if we vote for just the right politician, they'll save us. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this like savior mentality, mm-hmm. I think, with politics sometimes um, that seeps its way into the American church. And I think that so much of American Christianity gets um, woven into, no pun intended, gets woven into um, what American culture is. Well, and it's like where we find our identity too. Yeah, Like, I mean, I remember when I was a young parent and people would be like, what type of parent are you? Like, people ask me this. I also live in Decatur, so that kind of makes sense. But um, people would be like, are you like an attachment parent? And I was like, I don't, what? Like, I don't, are there like kinds of parenting I'm supposed to like tell you what, like, I don't know. I just do what I think I'm supposed to do. Um, But it was, it was a whole thing. And like people would subscribe to these whole like belief systems and the same with politics. Those become our identity. It's like, well, I'm not going to be friends with you if you are this political way or I do think that it is somewhat uniquely, maybe it's uniquely Western. I don't know if it's uniquely American, but it might be uniquely Western to, um, to label ourselves mm-hmm. as things instead of just being I'm Rebecca mm-hmm. or I'm I'm Rebecca <laughs> or <laughs> I like whoever I am instead of, or that I am so-and-so's daughter mm-hmm. or whatever we label ourselves as a certain political party or a certain um, style of parenting or a certain type of wife mm-hmm. or I'm a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we mm-hmm. like these labels. We like to put these labels on ourselves because, like you said, it gives us a sense of identity. And I think we start to, once we we put these labels, so we've decided I'm an attachment parent or I'm a baby wife's parent mm-hmm. or 
I'm a whatever type of parent. I, you know, I only make my kids baby food, whatever mm-hmm. parent we want to, I'm a granola parent, whatever we want to call ourselves, mm-hmm. then we natural parenting or whatever they call it. I don't even remember. I'm so fat, par, far past. Did you say I'm so fat? <laughs> so far past. <laughs> I'm so far past. I'm so fat. Like I'm like a fat parent. <laughs> It's funny. I'm so far <laughs> past the like yeah, yeah, yeah. about those things anymore. So I don't remember. I don't know. The labels have probably all changed in the last 10 years. But like then we like once we put our identity in that, then we start our idolizing it because yeah. we have to live up to that identity. So we have to keep like beating it. Well, and it's like with with romantic love, yeah. we are that we idolize, we're attracting a savior. With yes. the parenting idol, we want to be the savior. Yes. And then with politics, it's sort of a little of both. It's like, I want this savior and I'm going to be your savior. And if you don't believe me, then like. Well, it's almost like this, like Messiah complex. We get yeah. a bunch of humans that don't, can't handle it. Yeah. So like we have these expectations that this person is going to like save whatever we deem is broken mm-hmm. in America, by yeah. the political system or whatever. In the government, if we if we like get behind the the perfect person, um, then they will save us from all of our troubles when we can't. And then they always fail because mm-hmm. they're human. Same thing with romantic relationships. Like it's this idea that like we just have to find find that one right person. Mm-hmm. And like I think we do a huge disservice. Um, so when I was a young Christian, you know, young like I became a Christian when I was eighteen and. And um, kind of in the youth, young adult, college ministry world, there was this whole idea of, like, God has one perfect person out there for mm-hmm. you. This was what was taught. One perfect person out there for you. Not that God isn't controlling, he isn't sovereign, doesn't know who you're going to marry. But there's like, but the way it's taught is there's this one perfect person and you need to make a list. And this list lists out all the things that you want in a person. Mm-hmm. And you, until you find the person that hits every point on the list, don't settle. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't give your heart away mm-hmm. if you don't, if, and there, and there's good intention behind that. Mm-hmm. There's the intention of being intentional with, these are what I want out of a relationship. These are my values. I want to meet somebody who lines up with these values. Like that all is good intention. But a person isn't a dishwasher. Exactly. So like, so what, what that morphs into is, okay, I'm looking for this exact person that meets all of these labels. And one of two things happens. Either you find that you think you found that person and then you get married to that person. And then you realize because we're all human, they don't actually live up to all those expectations we have of them. And then we're Mm -hmm. like, wait, I married the wrong person. Or we have this list and nobody can fit that. And Mm -hmm. so then we, we don't um, pursue relationships that maybe could be great relationships for us. Because they don't hit, that's the Seinfeld mentality, right? That, you know, there's always something wrong with them because they don't fit into this like ideal picture of who I have in a person. Yeah, which kind of like, reference, but well, it kind of defeats the whole like meaning of marriage too. Yeah. It's like consumer, like Tim Keller talks about this consumer yes. love versus covenant love and like how, yeah. like if you're going into it thinking like, these are my things I want a person, like that's, you're not looking at a whole person. You're looking at like a height and a, like these weird requirements of like, well, they need to be this way, but not too much this way. And like, it's just, oh my gosh. And like, if you find that person, guess what? They're going to change in five years. Exactly. So that's like, I don't what know. What does he say? Like you're, 
a person changes every seven years. Something like, like you, you're married to like, or I've been married four times all to the same woman or something. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it's true. It's like, yeah. The, and the point of marriage is not to enhance my life. The point of marriage is to advance the kingdom of God. Yes. And to be iron sharpening iron of another person in such intimate relationship that you both become better people. Yes. But we don't think like that. We're yeah. like, how do you fit in? Well, and, and I think that the church has done a disservice to us in that. And then I also think that culturally, you know, oh, yeah. all the stories, all the movies. I mean, let's take The Bachelor, for example. Yeah. Like, I don't really watch The Bachelor, but I, I have a lot of friends that do. So I know enough about it to know, to have a conversation about it. And then David, David, that is not his genre, but his mom was here for a week while Myla and I were in Paris. And so like, she would say stuff she wanted to watch on TV. So he'd watch stuff with her that she likes to watch. And uh-huh. she watches The Bachelor. And afterwards he was giving me his entire commentary on The Bachelor. But like, it's this idea that like, we can we can find our one true love and like, you know, once we find it, everything will, our whole lives will change and we'll, it'll be better. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and, um, it's, it's false. It's a, it's a fairy tale mentality mm-hmm. that, I mean, we don't find that one true person that our life will be forever. Right. Wonderful. And if you do, then that person's probably very codependent and you probably don't have like a real relationship. Honestly, yes. like yes. if you have that person that you're like, wow, they just like me all of my needs. Yeah. And, and, and they don't make me change. Yeah. And they just love me for who I am all the time. It's like, okay. Mm. Yes. Something's false. Something's weird. Yeah. And, and I think, so like, how is that an idol? Like, how is that idea of, of romance and how does that become an idol? Do you think? I think it's because we take something that God intended for good. Yes. And to, to mirror him. Yes. And we replace it as a thing to itself. It's like if I made a painting of somebody and then worshiped the painting and not. Yes. Like or tried to have a relationship with the painting instead of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just, it's not real and you yeah. can't, it's like a, it's counterfeit. Like, to, yes. like that's like, you think about counterfeit money, like it looks like it. Some people might be able to take your money and you might be able to use it some, but like, it's not real. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, I think we've just, cause as God has kind of like come out I and mean, God's not out of culture, but like, as sort of people have been finding, like, it's sort of like a buffet religion, like, well, I like this part of this one and this part of this one. And like, as that's happened, we still have a need to be fully understood and known and loved and accepted by one person. We still have that need. It will never yes. go away, Yeah. but that person is Jesus. Yes. Like Chris and I have a fantastic marriage, but we still aren't. Yeah. I mean, he's not like, I don't live and die by Chris Cochran. I can't. Yeah. It's very bad. Yes. Unhealthy. I mean, I have had periods and we've had to like have conversations because it just, yes. it's, but I, I think it's just that we, when God isn't in his proper place, then we look at his, it's just like when people worship creation and you're like, yeah, yeah creation's amazing. Yeah. Like nature is beautiful, but like you have to, don't worship tree, worship God who made that tree. Yeah. You know, that's, I don't know. What do you think? No, I, I, I think that, um, when we put finding that perfect person, whoever that is, that Prince Charming or whatever, when we put that up on a pedestal and it's elusive because it is, mm-hmm. the more we like, become obsessed with it Mm -hmm. because the more like, so we think it's there, but it's elusive. So we must not be trying hard enough. Mm -hmm. We must not be doing the right things. We must not be looking in the right places in like this, this constant like hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Or if you're married, 
and you have put this person up on a pedestal and they fail over and over and over mm-hmm. again because they're human and we don't recognize that they're human. We've put them in the place of God. Mm-hmm. Then we either, either they're not good enough or I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. And it's this, this constant striving mm-hmm. to like get it right. That I think is the heart of a lot of like idol worship. Like if mm-hmm. you think of like, polytheistic religions that believe in lots of different gods. It's this constant striving to like get it right, to do it right, to do it right, to please. Mm -hmm. And so I think we put this person on a pedestal. They don't meet our expectations. So either they're doing something wrong or we're doing something wrong. We need to change things to get it right. And so our, our focus is not on how can I become a better person? How can I serve this person better? How can our marriage um, be a picture of um, Jesus' relationship with the church. Instead, it becomes like this um, constant striving of getting our, our needs met or mm-hmm. making myself right so I can please this person or whatever. Like, if we become obsessed with that instead of trying to, to sanctify our marriage so that it's a picture of what God created it to be. Yeah. And I think, like, you mentioned it in Christian culture, but I think just in culture, it's like, I, I didn't experience Christian culture in that way, but like, I know that growing up in a secular world, like that was very much the message I got was like, well, like you just find the right guy and like, you're, it's all going to be okay. And it's like, that's just the beginning of it not being okay. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it definitely, I feel like that is like the most pervasive idol that has been like, I feel like, I don't know, maybe politics have always been this way, but I feel like I've just always noticed the romance one the most. I feel like our generation has made parenting an idol, which we can talk about in a second. I don't think that was a thing like 30 years ago. And I think politics is slowly becoming more of a thing. I I think we can talk about it a second when we get to politics, but I think politics has become more of an idol just because of 24 hour news cycles. Yeah. So, and social media and things like that, more people can be involved, which there's great things about that. Yeah. And there's also negatives to that too. Yeah. So yeah, romance. So yeah, with with parenting, um, yeah, I totally agree with you. Like, I don't think our parents were sitting around talking about labels of types of parenting or like worrying about their decisions so much yeah or like yeah like making it an idol Uh Um, and I I think a lot of that a lot of that goes into social media yeah and how how like used to it used to be like a few people around us that we knew how they parented Mm -hmm. or we knew how our parents parented or how our grandparents parented and how the couple people on our street parented but we didn't know how the whole world parented yeah you know and so part of it's that we just have more knowledge than we used to I think that we also are just more privileged than we used to be. I mean, mm-hmm. people people in Africa or South America, most people aren't sitting around labeling themselves the time parent. They're just trying to get food on the table for their kids. So, mm-hmm. like, part of that comes with privilege mm-hmm. and the privilege to be able to, like, choose what type of parenting I'm, parent I'm going to mm-hmm. be. And because we have, like, endless supply of knowledge. And we, I mean— we're just privileged that our lives are easier than they used to be. Yeah. So we have time to like think it's true. about. Like we're not spending a bunch of time like growing and killing washing, and cooking and our washing food. Washing clothes and sewing and, yeah. and stuff. So we don't, we aren't putting energy towards those things. So what are we, where do we put our energy? Right. Is like, is like how we're parenting our children. Yeah. Like what behavioral techniques are we using? What, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, my great grandmother would probably die over the fight of like, 
whether your children should co-sleep or not. Or, and the visceral battles that we get in. And why do we get in these visceral battles? Why do I care whether you sleep with your kid or not? Or why do I care whether you breastfeed or you bottle feed? Or why do I care whether you you buy jar baby food and you make your own baby food? Or why do I care whether you spank or you don't? Like, mm-hmm. why do I care what you're doing? Because, like, we have made the way that we are doing it such an idol mm-hmm. that if other people aren't doing it, well, then maybe maybe I'm wrong. Well, it's no longer something we do. It's who we are. Yes. That's the so difference. That goes back to the identity thing, right? I, I really yes. think that's what it is. Um, because it's like, yeah, it used to just be like, because we have a visceral also reaction when people think we're we're wrong or they don't agree yes. with us. And like, I've, I've wondered that about myself. Like, why am I so defensive about like this decision I made or whatever? And it's like, it's because I'm identifying myself as like, I'm this kind of parent. Yeah. And it's, well, I think and this goes back we referenced this in our last one, but I read the book Seculosity by David Saul and mm-hmm. he talks about replacement religions yes. because as, as our society has become less and less religious in mm-hmm. the traditional sense, like people just aren't going to church as much as they used to. People just aren't as religious as they used to be in the like traditional sense of the word. Um, like when you do polls, how many people go to church on Sunday, those kind of things. Yeah. But like we're made to worship something. Yeah. And so we replace that religion in quotation marks of going to church or whatever. We replace it with, we still have to find identity somewhere. We have to find a community somewhere. So if we're not finding our community at church or our community in like our neighborhood or something like mm-hmm. that, we're finding our identity because we're so independent mm-hmm. and we're so detached from people around us because of technology or whatever um, that we, but we still have this craving for community. So if we can find a community that uh, believes what we believe and ha- identifies yeah the way we identify. So maybe I don't go to church every Sunday. So I don't have like this identity as like, I go to Trinity or I go yeah. to this church or that church, but I'm in this, this type of parenting group, whatever the yeah. parenting group is, that like whatever your affinity is, which there is wonderful things about being in the community of people who think like you and act like you. But if that is the only place where you find identity, then right. that's where it becomes an idol. Well, and, it, and we also, what he talked about in that book that I think is applicable to this is he was talking more with food, but like how we, when as religion has sort of like gone down, we have yeah. been moralizing things that weren't moralized before. So like yes. with food, oh, this is clean food. This is unclean food. This is good food. This is bad food. Like we yes. talked about that a lot, but like, I think with parenting too, it's like we're moralizing it. So yes. it's no longer like, well, what do I feed my kid? It's like, well, if I feed them a Lunchable, then I'm a POS. And if I feed them like yeah. this, like super, like, and I've fallen in that trap so many yeah, times, yeah. but it's, it's also just the mirror of like, we see everyone's highlight reel around us. And I mean, I remember distinctly, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but it was a long time ago, but when Maddie and Penny, it was like right before they turned two, it was the fall. And I remember being on Instagram and being like, okay, everyone's going to the pumpkin patch. Like yeah. we need to go to the pumpkin patch. Mm-hmm. Do, am I a pumpkin patch person? I am not. <laughs> I am not. I am, and I'm not a judgment. It's just well, not. We also me. live in the south, so the pumpkin patch is still freaking hot and miserable. Hot and miserable. <laughs> I had little twin girls in diaper. Like it was just like a disaster. And I remember yeah. being there, and there's this picture of me uh, trying to hold Maddie and Penny for this picture that I didn't even want. That I didn't even like. That you felt like. You but should. I felt like I should, and that's a difference. Yes. If you want the pumpkin patch picture, fantastic. It just yes. is not me. Yeah. And I remember like 
holding them and it's like a million degrees and I address them and like whatever I thought was cute for the effing pump. Sorry. Can I say effing? Yeah. Okay. The pumpkin patch. (laughs) And I remember just being like, what am I doing? And I had this whole conversation with Chris where I was like, if it were not for Instagram, I would have never done that. And now that's like my gut check. If there's ever like an activity, like we go apple picking. I like that because you know, food, learning that stuff grows on trees. That's important to me. I think it's good for them to do that. That's something that I value. That feels different. Yeah. But if it's like, we're just Doing it so for a picture, picture. Yes. and people joke about doing you it for the gram, but you do the same thing with Santa. We had this conversation, yes, holidays. yes, yes, yes. yes. I thought I that's important to me. I yes. like those pictures, like it's important to me, but like you were just doing it because you saw everybody else taking pictures yes. of Santa, and now I do it because it actually is important to my kids, which is different, yes, right? Like it's yes. like, but I think yes. that just that whole. I have that's something I check in myself a lot now. Like, I'll be like, Am I taking this picture for Instagram? And if I am, I don't do it or I take it and I don't post it because I don't want to fall. Like, it's just so easy to be like, well, everyone like this is. And then you think like, well, they're good parents because look at all the activities they do with their kids. But you don't see what goes on off of Instagram. No. And maybe they're on their phone all day or maybe like, you know, there's all these different things where it's like we we don't see what we're doing right. And then it becomes this moral thing. Like, I literally sometimes would feel like I am a crap mom because I'm not taking them to all these fall themed activities. Yeah. I really thought that. Yeah. And now I'm like, dear sweet Rebecca, no. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. anyway. So, and, and I think that when, when we, when we are, when we lose our sense of identity as um, a Jesus follower or mm-hmm. as dearly beloved um, of God's, like when we don't have that as an identity, we find our identity somewhere else. And especially for those of us that don't work outside the home, mm-hmm. we definitely find it's very easy to get to this trap of like the t- the way that we mother is who we are. Yeah. Um, and I think that is very unique to our generation. And I think it that doesn't mean that we're staying home moms, mm-hmm. but like this, like putting our identity in it, because even like, well, sorry, those that were stay at home moms in the fifties, their identity. Was you know what they were mothering. called though? They were called homemakers. Yes. It's like a total, like the whole label has shifted to yes. homemaker and now it's stay at home mom. So the, yes, the priority was you're keeping a home. Also kids are a part of that. And now it's like, I am a mom. Yeah. This that is who is, I am. This is yeah, all the time. And so when we put those kind of labels on ourselves, then we feel like we have to li- live up to a right. certain expectation. And if we don't live up to this, like idealized expectation of what that label looks like, then we're, then we're back. Like what we were, when we were talking about the romance. We're talking about the hamster wheel of striving, mm-hmm. striving, striving, striving. And so we become obsessed yeah. and it becomes an idol. Um, that doesn't mean striving to be a good parent as an idol. Right. Like I think we all should like do what's in the best interest of our family and like what, 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 you should care about being a you good should, parent. You, you should, should care, care about having a good marriage yes. or a relationship or whatever. Like yes. that should matter. Yes. But, but it should become this like identity label. It's not your priority. Yes. It's like your garnish. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. yeah. yeah. like God is like your oatmeal and like all those things are like your little toppings. I don't know. Those toppings are pretty important to me. Can we say like the parsley? It could be. No, they're not parsley though. I mean, they're because they're still because they're still important. They're important, but it's like a taco. Yeah, like if you're eating like a really good carnitas taco, it's about the pork. Yeah, but the other things make it so much better. Yeah, the squeeze of lime juice yeah. or the onion or whatever. But it's like at the end of the day, it's about the pork. Exactly. Yeah, I'm sure. And except Jews don't eat pork, maybe that's a problem. <laughs> I have those questions for the Lord too, because I'm like, but bacon. <laughs> 
Hashtag questions for heaven. But bacon is so good. I know, but there were all these like eating restrictions. I mean, I definitely, that's, I mean, I'm a quarter Jewish, you know, but I. She'll eat bacon. I'm not really Jewish. I mean, I'm like, you know. Yeah. I have Jewish blood, but I am not really Jewish. Religiously Jewish. Yes, got it. So, um, sorry to all our Jewish friends. Um, For that little side note. Um, Was that offensive? No, it wasn't offensive at all. It was the, it was the just rabbit trail. Silly. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Uh, <laughs> but also, yeah, I, I just, and believe me, I, you were saying, and I've fallen in this trap too. When, when um, Milo was a baby, I um, thought that I had to find just the right schedule. Mm, and if mm-hmm. I found the right schedule for her, and then she would be happy, and that would mean that I was a good mom. Mm-hmm. If she slept well and took good naps and ate when she was supposed to eat and ate the right foods when she was supposed to eat. Mine wasn't it. I've never been into, like, I mean, both my kids were bottle-fed. I mean, I brushed back for a little bit. Both my kids were bottle-fed. Like, I've never been it, and I didn't make my own baby food. Like, yeah, yeah. Not even tried. Like, so I've never been like that. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, I sent Doritos in my son's lunchbox today, so I don't fall into that camp. <laughs> but I definitely was the... Um, and I'm going to win the mom of the year award for that. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> Doritos are fine. Doritos are fine. <laughs> but like, no, meaning he's going to love me so much. Oh, yes, you are. Um, <laughs> but like, because um, I was making him eat a sandwich that he doesn't like. So I was like, throw the Doritos in there for good measure. But um, so I think that if you found, but I thought if I found just the right schedule for mm-hmm. her, like, and she slept well then that meant I was a good mom. Well, it meant that because then your kid was acting the way they were supposed to act and that exactly. reflected well on you. Exactly. Yeah, it's yes. the same reason we were like full of shame when we're at a restaurant and they're screaming. Yes, exactly. Because we think like, oh, well that, and that's why I always say like to people when they compliment me on my kids, I'm like, I don't take credit for it. I don't take we're credit for the good day. or the bad. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, no, don't tell me I have yes. good kids because I, I truly do not believe that. I mean, I think I'm a good mom, but I truly don't believe it's like, me yeah do you know what I mean like yes. and I can't believe that because well, the minute I start saying oh look how great my kids are then guess what then on the other side of that when they're horrible yes. I'm gonna feel like crap about myself and exactly I can't do that. yeah I mean they're also little individuals exactly little and people. I think that yes. when we make it about our relationship to them then we stop it's the same way with marriage like I stop seeing Chris as a person when I make it about who he's supposed to be to me yes you know what I mean like if he's my husband well, then husbands do all of these things I've brought into our marriage that I think husbands are supposed to do. But if you're Chris, then I can look at it totally differently as a whole person. And we can do this like, so So we can do this as moms, but as moms, we can also do that to our husbands. Totally. Be like, you're a dad and dad should oh, do yeah. X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Like, then we start to put another layer of expectation on the other person in the relationship because yeah. dads can do it to moms too. I'm not just yeah. saying this is something moms do. But like, this is what a good mom does or this is what a good mm-hmm. dad does. And then that just gets wrapped into the other issues in your marriage. Right. Yeah. Um, but, and what, what it also does is it decreases compassion for other people. Yeah. So when I start making my parenting an idol and, and, and see that this way of parenting is the best way of parenting. And I, I know that because my kids are X, Y, and Z. So that must mean it's right. Mm-hmm. What you're saying, taking credit for the good then when other people don't do that. Yeah. So when I see other people and they're telling me their babies aren't sleeping through the night. Mm-hmm. You feel smug. You feel smug. You do. You're like, I'm right. And y'all, that's human nature. Like, we're not saying no, like, that it's horrible. But like, it's but just you that check yourself. Yes. Like, like uh, we all think that. We yeah. all see those. We all see that the people or people tell something about their kids in your head. And like, I'm not 
under the hood. Yeah. Like we all do it's that. It's like the invisible tick board. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. We all do that. But why do we do that? Yeah. We do that because we have put ourselves on some kind of pedestal mm-hmm. of our type of people. Oh, our ego is always ready. Yeah. Our ego is just like, give me, feed me, All feed you need to do me. is have multiple kids though. <laughs> so like, that's what helped me to have another kid. Uh-huh. Because I'm because like he, even though I did all the same things to him that I did to Myla, he was a completely different kid. Oh, totally. Same. It turned out totally different. You had twins and it's still the case. Like, yeah. like they're different people because they're humans and they're individuals. And it goes back to yes. like, this is not my daughter. This is Maddie. Yes. She is my daughter, yes. but I'm not going to look at her through the lens of like, I carried you in my womb and I fed you and breast, you know, like, well, you- she's also, she's also not a formula. Right. You know, like you right. can't do X, Y, Z and expect. But that's what we want. I know we do. It's so much easier. It would be easier. Yeah, and that's what we all it. want. Yeah. And that's like the problem because we're all normal. buying these lies that there's a parenting method or a diet or a marriage course, mm-hmm. or if you knew That's this thing, and then you just are like one step away from not knowing it. And if that doesn't sound like the devil, I don't know what does. Yeah, I know. Seriously. So Speaking of the devil, politics. <laughs> I knew um, you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> we know how you feel about politics. <laughs> okay, so fun though. We're actually going to be doing a series on politics coming up. Um, but yeah. disclaimer, it's not going to be about like policy or things that we think yeah. are our views. It's going to be. I'll try really not hard not to think about it. <laughs> it won't be. I will kick you. Okay. Um, it's going to be. We, we're different. So we're not going to be talking about policy or like our opinions on politics, but more. It just struck me when we were talking in the beginning of this episode that like when we put our hope in political figures, whatever side you're on, it's like. We're, we're lacking kind of a basic understanding of how government works sometimes, or like we can kind of fall into a, a, a narrative and think like, oh, well, this person's going to save everything. But then I always am like, okay, what can that person actually do? Yeah. Like if they get into office, whatever office, like what is actually within their power to do? Well, I feel like that the same way on the other side when people feel fearful. Yes. Like, so yes. Like, if that person gets into office, then, and I, I'm guilty of this. Yeah, for sure. Like, of, I see somebody, I'm like, if they get in the office, it's all going to go to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. Which. I'm moving to Canada. Yeah, exactly. Which so, what I we're. Did, but it's fine. <laughs> you did not almost move to Canada. Stop it. Um, <laughs> Maybe Australia. <laughs> that would be fun to move to Australia except for the fires. Okay. So, but what we're going to do is we're not talking about um, actual, like, people we agree with or disagree with or our political views. We're going to hopefully help you to uh, make your own decisions better and to feel confident going into election season. I know that I, I do not feel confident going into it. I feel a lot of times like, I don't know who to believe. This is overwhelming. I forgot basic government. Um, I I just, it's overwhelming to me. So what we're going to do is we're going to have, this is just a side note. My husband, Chris Cochran is actually a political science guy. He works in government now. He's super smart about this stuff. He's going to come on and do like, like American government 101 for us. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're going to ask him really dumb questions. I will ask him really dumb questions. Actually, you should probably do this interview because I feel like he's going to roll his eyes at me. Because um, <laughs> he's like, I told you this. But I'm times. afraid if I'm the only one who does it, then we're going to talk about stuff that like isn't really American government Again, I'm going to kick you. Um, and then we're having the ladies from Pantsuit Politics on, which so Rebecca excited. is so excited about. And if you don't listen to their podcast, they um, both have very different political opinions, but they come together and their book is called I Disagree With You, But I'm no, Listening. I think you're wrong, but I'm listening. Um, which is exactly kind of the conversation we want to have because yes. as Christians, the whole point of this is like not to pit against each other, but like there's going to be a variety of opinions in the church. So how do yeah. we engage our political season without doing my tendency, which is to withdraw and like completely shut down and not vote? And I, mean, I, I always vote, but like, I don't want to, you know? And I'm the opposite. I'm, I do the, I'm right. I'm always right. And I, I have to fight. And maybe you care, t- would you say you care too much? Like not that, 
I would say I would say I borderline care too much. So there's um, there's yes. all of this, and yes. we want to be able to come into it. And we're doing one more episode. What is it? Oh, we talked about um, just appropriate arguing. Oh yeah, like, we're going to try to do something yes. on like discourse because obviously yes. we're missing that on all sides of the aisle. Yeah. Um. So we hope to do that with politics because we realize like you know it's easy to be like all fired up and find your identity in a political party. And it's really easy to also just avoid it entirely. Because it's important. It is important. I mean, we're Americans. America was built on being a democracy and understanding our democracy and being a good citizen. I mean, the scripture talks about us being good citizens in the world that God has put us in. Yeah. So, like, what is the line between being a good citizen and jumping over And then hopefully the church will be modeling this for the rest of the world. And we're not doing a great job right now. So, we hope to do a little— a little nudge in our little tiny corner of influence and help you think better and hopefully make you think. So we're going to be doing that on politics, but as far as politics as an American idol. Yes. Well, I think um, because we're in a democracy, we get the luxury of having an opinion. Yes. Which is amazing. Yeah. And I'm very thankful to be an American. Yes. Um, but that also brings with it sets of um, cons uh-huh. of that, like we have so much of a say and we have so much in opinions um, that we tend to wear them as a badge um, of, I, be- I believe this, and it's the right way. And then once again, we put labels on ourselves. Well, it used to be like just weird Uncle Bobby at Thanksgiving, and you could get away. Yes. And now it's like all over social media. It's everywhere. Yes. You can't escape people's opinions. Like yes. everybody didn't used to have a platform. Yes. So I made this joke yesterday um, in Costco to Rebecca over a box um, because, we're, you know, we're going through the whole coronavirus um, scare right now. And lots of people are um, feeding into the media's panic. Um, and I made a joke about how maybe um, people should give up the news for Lent. Yeah, I was partially joking and partially not joking. Um, Side note, like just wash your hands. <laughs> Okay, keep going. Okay. Just wash your hands. Cough into your elbow. Um, so I I think that a lot, I, I think we are living in a different time. This doesn't mean politics have always been, I mean, I can remember my grandparents arguing about politics. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, 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 mean, I mean, we live in a democracy. We have for 200 and whatever years, um, Chris can correct me because he probably knows more about the exact number of years we've been in a democracy, but we've been in a democracy for a long time and politics have always been an important part of that. Like mm-hmm. they just, they just have, cause that's the founding of our country is on the, the freedom to have a choice, right. Mm-hmm. And to, to be able to argue and freedom of speech, like. And like, to not be under a monarchy. Yeah, exactly. So like we've always had the freedom of speech and people have always had their opinions, but like they might come out three days later in a newspaper. Right. And then you had to be able to read, to read it uh-huh. or had the time to read it in a newspaper. So it was like a small segment of people that really cared about politics. Um, now everybody cares mm-hmm. because it's everywhere. We have the 24 which hour is news. Good. Which is good. I am... The, there is a pro to this. And yeah. The pro is that everybody can be involved and everybody can have a say 
and mm-hmm. everybody can be knowledgeable. So that like before people would just go to the polls and like, and people still do this, but like, it's harder to get out of it now. Like go to the polls and just like vote based on party mm-hmm. or vote based on what other, per- another person told or them vote to like what their family, like, uh, yes. But now like we can, like, there's so much knowledge out there mm-hmm. and there's like so much information that we can make informed decisions, which is amazing. And we can, everybody can be involved and everybody can have a say. And I think that's great. But on the flip side of that, that means there's a lot of voices coming at you. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it causes um, a fear-based mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, a lot of the time, the media likes fear-based um, panic, um, whether it's coronavirus or it's the election. Um, and we have to be just like super conscious of like the information that we're taking in and putting it through a filter. So I like news. I like reading about politics. I like um, the Wall Street Journal and the Washington Chronicle. Like, I love it all. The New York Times. Like, I Mm -hmm. love all of that. But I have to, like, put it through this filter of truth. Um, And if I don't, then I start to get myself worked up into a frenzy. And then I start to, like, form opinions based on panic or fear or or what, what's being, the information that's being thrown at me. And then I start to like, being like, my way is the only way. And then that's when it becomes an idol. It's this like, I have, everybody needs to know what I think. Mm-hmm. If I don't tell them what I think, then they're going to think the wrong thing. And I'm not saying, I don't, I like, this isn't a major problem for me, but I can catch myself mm-hmm. in this. I can catch myself in like, if I don't post right now about this, then people are going to have the wrong idea and they're going to ro- vote wrong. Why, why have all of a sudden that bad decided everything's up to me? Mm-hmm. Like, why am I the end all be all of all knowledge when it comes to politics? Like, I'm not, but there are thousands and millions of me running around mm-hmm. thinking all the same thing. Hence why we see the attacks that we do on social media and all of that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't think anything should be 24 hour access. I mean, anytime you're trying to fill 24 hours with a subject, yeah, it's not going to go well. Yeah, think about it. Watch CNN in the middle of the night. <laughs> I know that would literally be the last thing I chose to watch in the middle of the night. I think it's like you're like oh my gosh why are you even talking about this because they just have to like fill the time no I agree no it's like think about it okay so you start the morning with the morning news and then you've got the today show and then you've got Kat or uh, Jenna and Hoda and then you've got like the local Atlanta Jenna and Hoda and as the day progresses I mean like the local one is like so this is a flooring company I mean it's just like they've run out of things to say and they're just grasping at straws and and that's for like a four-hour window so if it's 24 hours it's like, they're just filling time. Yeah. And I mean, like, and they have to do it day in and day so out. So of course there's like, but it's like anything that you, anything that, like nothing should be that important. You know what I mean? Like nothing should be that important. Like, would you listen to sermons for 24 hours? No, no, no one yeah. would. That's crazy. Yeah. But we do that with the news. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. And I think that, um, you know, back to our conversation on parenting, like, We've made politics a religion. We have become less like traditionally religious. Mm-hmm. And so it gives us an affinity, mm-hmm. an affinity group. And so now, you know, I'm Republican. I'm Democrat. I'm mm-hmm. Libertarian. I'm a, so- a socialist Democrat. I'm a, I'm a less progressive Democrat. Mm-hmm. I'm a Trumper. I'm a never Trumper. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and like we put these labels on ourselves because we need to have some kind of sense of identity and we can't, and we haven't found it anywhere else 
to where you find it in politics, just like we do with parenting or with romance. Like, and it's just ever before us. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just constantly pushed before us that it's easy. I think it's yeah. easy for us to be like, I'm going to identify with this. Yeah. Or I'm going to identify with this. Um, and we, we make it into the savior mentality. Then like, so we've attached ourselves to this identity and that identity is going to make everything better. Well, and- it's like this utopian view that if I just attach myself to this one, like philosophy, political philosophy, if I attach myself to that one platform, that's going to make everything better. And if I can just do everything I can to push forward that one agenda, then the whole world's going to be a better place. Mm-hmm. And me and the person that I'm attaching myself to is going to have done it. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have arrived. Mm-hmm. Which is so anti the gospel, it's not even funny. Well, but Christians do it too. It's not just non-Christians that do that. There's a phrase I've heard a lot um, since Trump became president um, that people are saying like, I want to be on the right side of history. Yeah. And when you think about that, it's like... Do, for who? Like, I don't know. I just, I'm interested in that, that like, mindset. Let me flesh that out for me. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? So, so you, you were part of like fixing this. Do you know what I mean? Like, what, what does that mean? Like, cause that's just sort of playing into like, I want to have been right. Yeah. And what is the right side of history? Like, I don't, is that everything about our past history has been right? Like, exactly. It's know. like, yeah. And I mean, and I, I'm not like, I get the sentiment. Like you don't want to be like the slave owner who's like, yes. oh, I guess I shouldn't do this. Like, yes. But at the same time, it's just sort of, it, it's interesting. It's like an interesting way to filter your choices. Well, and I also think that, um, yeah, I, I think when we say things like, and, and I'm not just talking about, I'm just not, I'm not just talking about Trump and Republicans doing this about the make America great again. Yeah. I mean, the Democrats and the other side might not use that phrasing, but they're saying their way is going to make America great again. Yeah. They're not going to use that terminology because that's what he uses his campaign slogan. But both sides are saying that their way is what's going to Yeah. When really? What, but what was great about America Pat? Like, you know, like for, for right. certain people groups, like that is... It's very subjective. It is very subjective what was great. Yeah. Like, why do or we what have, will be great. Why do we have this, like, idolized view of, like, the 1950s? Or, I mean, I can tell you right now that there are a lot of people that did not think the 1950s were great. Right. My family might have thought the 1950s, but they weren't. They were immigrants. They didn't think the 1950s were great. You know? Yeah. Like, I bet mean, there was a certain subset of people that thought the 1950s were great. Like, I'm just, I'm just throwing out a decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, what... what Great again. What again are we talking about? Yeah. Like, what great are we talking about? And so it's just all of these like phrases that get people to like get behind a message. Well, and I think we're addicted to the passion. Because yeah. if you look at it, it's like in the romance, maybe not so much in the parenting example, but like the romance example, what are you chasing? It's not the romance. It's the, it's the way it's the romance long. makes you feel. Yeah. It's the passion. And like the same with politics. Yeah. It's like we're attracted to people who are very adamant about their positions. Yes. And that's like, and Jesus was, he yeah. was adamant. God is very vocal, yeah. but like, I think that again, that's like a need we have that is being put on the wrong thing. We're attracted to passion or attracted to yeah. ideals. Yes. But it's just being shifted. The well, that's why when we, when we, we put up this like idea of this utopian society that if we do this X, Y, and Z policy, then, then the, America will be great again, or that we'll live in this ut- this socialistic utopian, or whatever view we want to mm-hmm. attach to. That it's that's counterintuitive to the gospel. Mm-hmm. Like the only 
like, I mean, the kingdom to come is the only one that's going to be utopian. Right. You know, but we, and there are touches of utopia on earth now. Like, I mean, we talked about in church on Sunday, the here and the not yet. Like there are, there is like some thin places where heaven comes through and, and, and there should be that in politics. There should be wrongs that are made right. But when we, when we start to say that we can make it all right, if we follow this one person, mm-hmm. then that, that's, that's an idol. That's like, concerning. That one person cannot make it all right. Only Jesus can make it all right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that doesn't mean you don't care. And that no, doesn't mean, because I think I that can, very much, but I think that but, can be the other side is like, yes. well, till Jesus comes, this is all just well, a, yes. an S show. Yes. And because, uh, because I mean, the Lord's prayer is your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So mm-hmm. there is supposed to be touches of the kingdom here on earth. And, and, and politics can be that mm-hmm. there can't policy can be that people and government. And especially, and this will, and I'm going to say this in our, in our political one too, like you need that. I know we're in an election cycle right now. that's talking about the president, but you need to care a whole lot about your local government. Yeah. And like, and if I want to push people to, anything in politics is to care more about their local exactly government. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause yeah. that is where the real work is being done. Yeah. That's what's really good. And that's where these you. people come from. If you don't like the options for president or you yes. don't like the options that are, they were mayors like, or they were or usually, or they were, or they're reality TV show as far as it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe like, I should care who's not the host of American Idol too. Um, anyways, um, but, um, but it's true. It's like yeah, we. Kelly Clarkson for government. No, actually, um, I like Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> she's a fellow Texan, so I'll go with that. Um, but yeah, I, I do. I think that um, that we need to have a fuller picture and not just this like one person mentality, but more of like care for for other people. Yeah. That should be the driving force behind our politics. It's like, what, what um, is going to be great for everyone as a whole? What are going to be for, good for my kids in education? Not just my kids, other people's kids. Mm-hmm. What are, you know, like all of the, like, that should be the driving force for why we participate. Mm-hmm. It's not this savior complex or this utopian goal. Like, there's always something that's going to need to be worked on. Yeah. So. Totally. Yeah. So these are all our American idols. Yes. As we've identified them. Yes. And. The two of us struggle with them in different levels of, mm-hmm. like we both struggled in parenting because it's hard not to. Yeah. In the society that we lived in. Um, we probably have. And because I have so much shame. I just think I'm doing everything wrong all the time. So yeah, I was like well, the perfect I have little. so much. I do everything right. And everybody <laughs> should do it like I do. <laughs> I feel the same way about politics. <laughs> so they're idols on two, two different it's ends true. of the spectrum. So. Well, I hope this was helpful. Just yes. an idea. And again, like, I, I feel like I keep saying this is a disclaimer, but like, we're not saying this to make you feel like crap or to make you like you know, um, feel shame, like I just said, but it's more just to be aware and be open and see it through clear eyes and kind of notice your behavior so that you can be the best you you can be. Yeah. You know? Yep. All right. We're okay. We're live show April 30th. Come on out. Come on out for the details. All right. Bye guys. Bye. So till next week, we are on Instagram at Woven and Him. We are on Facebook and Patreon forward slash Woven and Him. You can also email us fullywoven at gmail.com. And I'm Rebecca Pete, like the coffee brand. And you can find me at RebeccaPete.com where you can also find all my social handles. Yep. And uh, I don't want to be found. So just find me on the Facebook for our uh, podcast and the Instagram, but not my personal. Bye. Bye.